Welcome to Dakota Grappler Live. Your source for wrestling in the Dakotas. We will bring you coach interviews, individual rankings and results. News at all levels. Great conversation, wrestling mindset, and more. Now here's your host, John Gums. Hey there, everybody. We are starting up. It is about a minute past due, but we're going to get going. I'm John Gums with Dakota Grappler. We're going to talk wrestling tonight. It's going to be a great show. I've been looking forward to talk to the Dickinson co-head wrestling coach, Trevor Conrad. And of course, my right-hand man, Bill, who's usually on my far right side, is in the middle tonight because he came on first. But uh, if I wanted, I could switch around, but that's fine. I get to I get a pretty guy beside me tonight. <laughs> but uh we're gonna talk wrestling now. Again, if you're the first time watching this, Dakota Grapple Live, we talk wrestling every week or every couple times every couple weeks, but once the wrestling season gets going, we talk a lot about North and South Dakota wrestling. Now, tonight I did put together an agenda uh so that you get kind of a uh, an opportunity to see what we're doing. So maybe I'll share the screen, but maybe not. But I'll just tell you my kind of agenda as it goes so you guys know what's going to happen in this next hour so people just popping in and we'll go from there so basically tonight uh we're going to do a few intros and talk to bill and talk to trevor then after that we're going to have some questions for trevor tonight and how it's going with class a wrestling in north dakota and what his look outlook is for this season basically on what he's heard and what he knows because he's got some insight probably and then some high school wrestling WD updates, which I have heard because they've had a couple of meetings and they're going to have more. Then after that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about senior nationals. Bill has always got some good insight there. I did look up some stuff. They do have the current uh, seedings for the senior nationals that uh, could change a little bit if some new names pop in. Then after that, I've actually got some uh, rapid fire questions, which Trevor's done before with other people, but I've got a few wrestling questions for him. And then... We're going to do a summary and last comments from Bill and I and probably from Trevor. And then after that, I'm going to talk a little bit probably about the next show. And then again, I want to remind everybody, go out there, share this video. Some of the first people out here, get people on. The more we have, feel free to ask questions on the far side. We will see those and we'll try to post questions that are wrestling aspect or anything. Feel free to ask questions to Trevor, to Bill or myself, and we'll do our best at trying to answer those. Other than that, uh, just willing to have some fun and promote the sport of wrestling. So again, I'll introduce myself. I'm John Gums. I haven't done it in a while. I am the owner and editor of Dakota Grappler. I have been doing this since 1999. Not the YouTube stuff, but I started promote wrestling back then when I was not coaching and just wanted to make sure that the wrestlers got the publicity they wanted. And so it's been, this is my 21st year promoting the sport of wrestling. I uh, Dakota Grappler was just kind of an idea that kind of grew into Something a little bit bigger. I've published 20, this is my 26th book I've done of a preseason, and I'm pr presently doing that. In fact, you can see a few bags under my eyes. I've been <laughs> spending some nights starting to put this stuff together because I just got the questionnaires out. I limit the coaches. If you're a coach out there and haven't got your questionnaire, contact me at either dakotagrappler at gmail.com or john.gums at gmail.com, and I'll get your questionnaire. I do have about, uh, there's well, there's 150 teams I put into a book to highlight. And basically, I got probably about 30 of them in after the first couple of days. Usually, that's the way it is. And then the last week, I have to put a little pressure on them, put a little push to make sure they get their stuff in. But Trevor got his stuff in and <laughs> did a start there. 
I do have pictures. If there are some fans out there watching, if you have good wrestling pictures, I'm willing to put them in the book. That's usually one of the things that's difficult. I do take a lot of pictures at both the North and South Dakota Wrestling Tournament. Make sure we highlight our, our kids because not all the newspapers do what I feel they should be doing for the sport of wrestling. Other than that, feel free to contact me for any information. Not that I know it all when it comes to wrestling, but I have a few I'd say feelers out there that I can contact some people and try to find some information out there. Now I do talk about high school wrestling. Mostly that's kind of my, my forte. We do talk some wrestling at, in the college levels. And then if you have some kid wrestling stuff, feel free to go over to the wrestling which is part of dakotagrappler.com and post your tournaments. Now this is going to be the oddest year for wrestling tournaments. And we'll talk about that later. I know we're going to be working out the schedules. I usually put a master tournament schedule on there for the high school level. That also be updated daily, pretty much, because I don't know. We're going to talk to Trevor about what his schedule is looking like this this year. Other than that, let's get going. Um, I just love the sport of wrestling, and I hope you guys promote this as much as I do, because we need to get that out for all of those high school wrestlers, so that if they do want to wrestle at the next level, they get an opportunity. Okay, beside me, Bill, let's introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, Bill Holton here, coming at you from uh, Central North Dakota. Uh, you know, been around the sport for a lot of years. Uh, Everything from obviously a wrestler to a coach to a fan, and uh, really just a just a really big fan, and and it's uh, it's always fun to get on here and talk about wrestling. It'd be exciting tonight to 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 talk to Trevor and meet Trevor. I you know we've never actually met in person, so uh, this will be uh, this will be a good time to get to know him and and find out what's going on out in Dickinson these days. So yeah. that's uh, that's what I'm about. Okay, Trevor. Now I'm going to give you my first impression. To me, Trevor is a firecracker. Um, and what I mean is he's excited. Uh, he's got his boy's attention. And he's not afraid to tell the kids what they need to do. Like, you need to get this done. But it's always in a civil manner. What's interesting is I'm a person at a wrestling tournament that watches everybody and listens close. Because I, I, I want to analyze, but I want to learn. And I've learned a lot watching Trevor over the last two years. It really sees that he's maturing into one of the coaches that I would fear as a coach because he has control of his program. And I really feel he's, he's upcoming because, man, I just watched the respect his wrestlers have, wrestlers have and his parents have for him. And, and I give him kudos to start because I, I tell you what, I do have a lot of respect for what he's doing with that Dickinson wrestling program. So Trevor, I know that's tough, but guess what? I want you to introduce yourself. The first thing I want you to do is just tell me, you know, where you're from and uh, how you got started in wrestling. Let's start that way. But tell a little bit about yourself, too. Yeah, thanks, John. I guess you must have got the 10 bucks I sent you to say all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. 20, like, wasn't it 20? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like like you said, I'm uh, my name's Trevor Conrad. I'm one of the co-head wrestling coaches at Dickinson High School in uh, Dickinson, North Dakota. And um, been a North Dakota guy for the last few years. I grew up uh, in Eastern Montana, which is really similar to Western North Dakota and been a wrestling fan my whole life. I can remember my parents asked me to, I just want to try it as a seven year old and didn't really think I had a choice. I just said, yeah, sure. And ended up enjoying it and uh, just enjoying the different aspect of it. Like, you know, not everyone did it, but the ones who did it, I mean, you just kind of felt like you connected with those guys on, on a good level and, um, you know, going to the tournaments, making friends with kids from other towns, like, you know, in the Glasgow Montana's and the Billings and then, you know, the Williston's um, where we would wrestle. So um, really enjoyed it as, at a younger age and then um, kind of had some rough years in middle school, but then high school, I really found 
found that that was, that was what I enjoyed doing and just competing overall. And, um, and then ended up doing all right in high school and then earned a scholarship to Dickinson State University, uh, wrestled for the Blue Hawks. And uh, my uncle had wrestled for the Blue Hawks uh, in the early 90s. Uh, my mentor in high school, Jason Ackerman, he was a three-time All-American at DSU, uh, named after a DSU All-American, Trevor Wilson. Um, my head wrestling coach, Tim Zodi, wrestled for DSU, I think back when they were DSC and they were the Savages. <laughs> yep. um, and then my uncle would introduce me to Thad O'Donnell when I was younger and kind of treated him like a celebrity when I could meet him at the Cowboy Invite in Miles City or at the Dickinson Invite. I just thought, oh, man, that's Thad O'Donnell. And the fact that he came out and recruited me sure sure meant a lot. So to wrestle for his final four years of a storied career there was pretty memorable. And then the first year of Justin Schleck's uh, tenure for the Blue Hawks was, was was pretty awesome. We had a we had a fun group of guys there and to still stay within the community and be connected to DSU wrestling still. And then I didn't really know much about the high school program here. And um, probably most of my college time didn't plan on staying in Dickinson. Kind of thought mm -hmm. I'd head toward the Black Hills, maybe lead Deadwood or even uh, – <laughs> Hewlett. I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't want, wasn't planning on staying here. Oh, yeah. Things change and had a job offer and uh, you're young and you say yes. And um, now I'm on my, this is my fifth year with the Dickinson High wrestling program and fourth as a head coach. Um, and eight, ninth, year, eight years in Dickinson, ninth year already in Dickinson yeah, school system. Yeah. So I've been uh, coaching high school football. This is my ninth year for the high school. So I've actually now, been coaching football longer. Now, were you always a big kid or did you just kind of grow all the time? Yeah, because no, wrestling I, heavyweight. I remember you wrestling heavyweight on Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I wrestled about 160 early in high school, and then uh, the next three years it was 215, just kind of grew into it as my natural weight. I think I weighed about 200 in my state finals match, but um, <laughs> just just kind of like the aspect of not having to cut a lot of weight. And then I uh, wrestled 197 a couple of years, and then uh, Thad texted me at the end of my second year and asked if I wanted to bump up to heavyweight. and. I couldn't help but smile when he asked me. I just thought, oh, this sounds <laughs> sounds great. I could just eat what I want. And I wasn't cutting much weight, no. but it was just something different for me. And yeah, then I wrestled uh, 285 those three years and weighed about 250. And now I'm walking about 215 or something. So yeah, kind of always been bigger, but yeah, definitely packed on the pounds in college. You, so usually as a, a bigger kid, how how is your football then? How is now did you before I ask that question, get a little bit farther, did you grow up right in Glendive or were you in a small town close to Glendive? Yeah, yeah. We grew up on the outskirts of Glendive. So that's okay. where my that's where my dad uh grew up and then my grandpa was a teacher there about 30 years. So he had quite a legacy there just as a teacher. But um yeah, in Glendive, never really a tradition rich um program, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um you know, up the road is Sydney, Montana, and you know the success. <laughs> Guy messed with Sydney's had. wrestling program. Guy Melvin. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my junior senior year, we actually we didn't lose to them in a duel. Um, they were they're just a little down, and I feel like they're kind of like Iowa, where even in the down years, they always have a state finalist. Um, just like <laughs> Iowa's always got a state fi a national finalist. So, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, we ended up kind of um, jumping over Sydney. I, then we actually placed fourth in the state tournament my senior year. Kind of came out of nowhere and won the two division titles in school history those years. And um, we'd never been top five before then. So that was kind of cool to leave that mark. And we had, I think, combined five kids or six who in their careers had wrestled in the state finals. So, and then one kid went to Division One, Tyler Kinn in Northern Colorado. And yep. Cole, Cole Bilbrey and I wrestled together at DSU. So uh, pretty cool to see kind of the, the turnaround with the program those few years.
Sure, definitely. No, Bill, you got a question right away. I've got millions of questions for for Trevor. Yeah, no, I I think it's awesome. So what what when did you get to Dickinson and you know what uh, how what was your experience like there wrestling in college and what you know kind of how did you see a change from wrestling in high school? Yeah, um, so I graduated high school at Dawson County High School in 2011, and then I entered I enrolled in DSU later that fall. Um, I did the five year plan. I registered my first year and, and knew that's what I wanted to do. It was kind of down between Minot State when they were starting their program and University of Mary, and just kind of really took a look at it and said, if I want to be the best wrestler that I can be in college, I think Dickinson State's the place to go. And I think I made the right choice there. Um, we, we, we had a pretty good program over the years. Uh, Jesse Hellinger, one of my good friends, he was a national champion in 2013 mm-hmm. at 197 and numerous All-Americans, um, Lane Overson and Sean Elkins, you know, those small region four guys from class B, North Dakota, a yeah. um, couple, couple of roommates of mine. And, and yeah, the program, you know, when you talk about like a coaching change going from Thad O'Donnell, been there 20 years to, uh, Justin Schleck, just seamless. Um, that last year, Thad's tenure, he, uh, he was the call it, he was the Dean of the health and, um, the HPER program at, uh, at DSU. So he was the Dean of that program. He was the, the head golf coach and head wrestling coach. And, um, he just said, you know, it was kind of time for him to maybe step out and he wanted to keep the cupboard full for the next coach. And, mm-hmm. um, and that next year, I believe we had four or five all Americans, um, under right. Schle- uh, Justin Schleck's first year. So, but I mean, practices remained the same. The schedule was the same. Um, that fourth year Thad kind of had a bold move and tried the one semester season. And right. that was, that was probably my favorite aspect of wrestling at DSU other than like the relationships and stuff. Those are, uh, you know, second to none. But when he, when he talked about that, we were, we were all pretty excited about it. And I liked it to kind of overload that fall semester of classes. And, um, and then that spring was a little bit lighter, not too much, but um, I just felt like, you know, when, when we went into the spring that year after new year's, we just said, Hey, here's our, here's our nine week slate, you know, from going to Midland uh, in Nebraska to the national tournament. And for me, I just felt like that was like a more narrowed focus and I could put a little, you know, a little more focus into that aspect and kind of peak at the right time of the year. So that I really liked what DSU did there. And I would be a, a proponent for college wrestling, just doing that all together. Right. What does it mean to you to have a great mentor to start? Cause I know Dobitz really well. And I always felt yeah. he'd be a great mentor for somebody because he always was calm, cool. He always seemed very calculated as a, as a coach. What was it like for him to be your mentor? Yeah, I, I couldn't ask for, for anyone better to be a mentor, you know, and I've had quite a few in, in my wrestling career with like Jason Ackerman, I was saying, and then that and Justin with college uh, wrestling, but then um, to just find out who Pete Dobitz was, he called me when I was still at DSU in my spring semester. And he just said, Hey, is this Trevor? I said, yeah. He goes, Hey, this is Pete. Do you want to be head wrestling coach? <laughs> and never met the guy. And, and I said, I don't, I don't know if that's the right plan for this program. He goes, well, give it a year, two years, four years, whatever you want, you know, then you'll be head coach. And, um, and he, I mean, he's just been a mentor and not only wrestling, but as a teacher, he's a very, he's a fine educator. And, and as a, as a family man, as a, you know, in our faith life, we talk a lot about our faith and, he actually just lives a, a block down for me right here where I'm doing the interview. So um, <laughs> his family has been really great with my family. Our first kids were twins and they had twins as well. And he, um, he got me to coach um, summer Babe Ruth baseball, baseball with him the last three years. So uh, he just goes, Hey, you want a part-time job? I need baseball coaches. I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm not the guy you're looking for. He goes, you'll, you'll work. Yep. Why, don't you, 
Oh. He found he found the sucker. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, he, he's been great. I mean, I can bounce any idea off him and um just a just a great motivator. And like when he was um we were co-head coaches for one year and mm-hmm. he was talking about stepping away and really wanted him to stay on for one more year. I just thought it'd be better for the kids and the program. And and that's when um my wife and I were expecting our twins and he said, I talked to my my family and I because you guys are having twins, I'll stick around another year. So I suckered him into that too. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> he's just such a great manager of the kids and, you know, the paperwork. Like we we joke on the wrestling staff, he's he's like a Jedi. I mean, <laughs> the, the guy can just get things done. And um, even if, like he said, I don't know much about wrestling, but, man, just the way that he relates to the kids and if he needs to be a firecracker to the kids, he can certainly do it. And, and the kids mm-hmm. respect him, look up to him. And, you can uh, yeah, play just, good cop and bad cop in both respect in both ways. Yeah, like yeah. I said, he's a Jedi. I don't know how he yeah. does it. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. No, I, I go back a long time with the Dickinson program with Michaelson and, and, yeah. and way back even before, but I tell you what, you've you've come with a great line of coaches there, and I'm very happy for you. Now, perspective. Now looking back at stuff, I always feel that uh, you know, hindsight's 2020. But uh, now you're. This is going to be your second year removed from that dual state championship, beating the the demon madhouse. I don't know the best way to say it. They're so dominant, and I have never seen a happier group of wrestlers in my life than that that Friday night when you guys won the duel. Honestly, I it was like heaven to so many wrestling fans. I seen so many tears in, in the crowds of parents going like it was the impossible dream. Now, looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you that wasn't at the state tournament that year? And what was the building blocks to get your guys in the, and I've, I've heard some stuff of your mindset stuff, but give me a little bit of insight on the inside of Dickinson wrestling when it came to that 2019 season, 18, 19 season. Of course. Yeah. I don't know if I could just pick one, one memory that was, you know, the, the building, I think the building block, like you said, was our wrestling mindset. And we mm-hmm. started the year before, so it kind of had the foundation laid, but, um, but we had six seniors on that team who were all at least two time state placers. Most were three and um, good team leadership. You're thinking. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. That le- that leadership the kids had, we really put them in a leadership point um, in a leadership position their junior year. And so we kind of came in and the kids knew how to, how to warm up the team before tournaments and what to say to the team. And they did a really good job of communicating like with us coaches of what they think's working, what they think's not working. And then when we needed to tell them how to do things, they really accepted it. And um, you just had had some kids battle through some things. I mean, uh, we had Brendan Johnson on that team who was 120 all year after wrestling 126 as a junior. And he says, coach, I can bump down to 113 at the end of the year. And that changed up our lineup. And I said, and we talked to the staff and go like, this is him asking us to do this. And he said, it's going to be a tough two weeks, but I can do it. And I think at the time he was ranked fourth in the state at 120 and then made right. the state finals at 113. Um, Matthew Meshke at 145, I believe. He uh, he wrestled Ryan Ripplinger and I think um, maybe lost by 10. He didn't get teched, but two weeks right. earlier, he had been teched in the second period in the conference title duel. And at the state tournament, he you know, almost got a takedown at the end and really kind of set the tone after that match. And we find out that week that he had a torn ACL in the match Ooh. and just seeing how well he wrestled. And um, like a Tate Nordby, he was, um, you know, had like eight seconds to get a tech 
and ended up getting the tech at the last second. And then uh, Caleb Usher, who just had the had the match on his shoulders and did did what he does best. He got a low single, a sweep single, and got a wing and turned a kid just like it was a regular match. And um, I mean, but you, you talked about like the parents and the kids, and that that's what's been probably the the biggest blessing here in Dickinson is the, is the parents and the kids. I mean, they're kid guys who have been in the Dickinson Wrestling Club for for five, six, seven, ten, thir- 11, 13 years. Built, built they, that foundation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they knew what, what had to be done. And we told them, Hey, if we're going to do something we've never done, we got to do things we've never done, you know, in terms of like the lifting and the mindset and the practices and went to the rumble on the red for the first time um, in quite a while. So things like that, the parents bought in and that makes our job as coaches so much easier. Definitely. Bill right away. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was kind of curious. Did, so, uh, did you guys wrestle at the Rotary and and some of the tournaments coming from Montana when you were in high school? Yeah, yeah, we went and, to Dickinson and Bismarck. Yep. Yeah, that's what I figured. So, so, what was it like when you started bringing your your high school team, the Dickinson team, to you know, as a coach coming to the Rotary? That had been kind of a fun event. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it's pretty fun. I, I always enjoyed the North Dakota tournaments. I, I got more family in North Dakota than Montana, and I always felt like I wrestled better there and could kind of relax, have more fun. And as a coach, it was just like, oh, hey, this is, you know, five years ago I was wrestling here and I hear the mistakes I made. This this is the cool things I did. And um, just to kind of go through that as a coach, you, you feel like you go full circle and then you get the hospitality room and that's that's another level when yep. you get to eat there. But um, just kind of knowing knowing the, the hallways where the kids can do their sprints and stuff. And then the kids, because like when you walk in the first time, none of them really knew me from college wrestling. And so here's this guy coming into the program and Dobitz let me do the practice plan by the first or second month of that season. And then we go to Bismarck and they go, Oh coach, like you wrestled here. And yeah, I played here a couple of times. So to be able to relate with them there, that's kind of when that relationship started to deepen with a few of them. And, and then they kind of go, Oh, like who'd you wrestle from here and, and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool as a coach. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you kind of those milestones as the se- as the seasons go by. You say, "Geez, I would here I was a wrestler here, and then I then I became a coach in this room, and then 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 the day comes that you be a parent of a wrestler going going to those same tournaments. It's kind of fun to watch it all all progress." So, yeah, I guess I never thought of that, but I guess <laughs> well, I didn't either I, until it happened. I am getting old. I guess I am getting old too. So, <laughs> so now as you as the head wrestling or co-head wrestling coach now what is your stress for kids going multi-sport? Are you still pushing kids in the spring a little bit? Or you find the certain ones? Um, I'm a big football guy. I love it. I, I push all my wrestlers toward football first. And then in the spring, I'm hoping they do some more spring wrestling. What's kind of your philosophy when it comes to having kids wrestle multiple seasons or do multiple sports? Yeah, I, I like the, um, the Kyle Berwick, the Jared Fronick um, examples we've had in North Dakota here. Kyle Berwick, three-sport athlete, and still found time to wrestle in the spring. And uh, Jared Fronick, all-state football player as well, you know, wrestling for NDSU. I mean, at Dickinson High, we're, we're not the largest Class A school. We're kind of on the smaller end, but, you know, not one of the smallest. But we definitely stress to our kids three sports. And I, that year that we won the state duels, I think every starter of ours had played at least two sports, if not three and maybe even four with, like, a summer baseball. But Mm-hmm. Um, Tro- Troy Berg, our state champion last year, he's uh, our first state champion since 2007. Um, he's been an all-conference guy in football and baseball as a sophomore and freshman. Um, didn't have his sophomore baseball season, but as now his third year starting for the football team. 
at running back and linebacker. So I think that's a great example for all of our kids that um, he's a successful student athlete of ours and three sport athlete. And that's what we stress at Dickinson High, just kind of to build the, the Dickinson High culture, not just of the wrestling team, but every sport team, you know, we want athletes and what's the best way to be an athlete, but to compete year round. And you can definitely find time to wrestle in the spring, even if you're going to do track or baseball. But we had a wrestler who did track a couple of years ago and he said, yeah, I kind of found myself nervous before an event, but I don't really like, I don't, I'm not like that passionate about track. And um, coach Hayes, our other coach said, well, now you're learning to compete in another atmosphere. And that's, that's awesome. So good for you. No, definitely. Definitely. How about you, Bill? How, what do you, what do you think? Give me your aspect of multi-sports. I know your boy did. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've always been a believer that, you know, in the multi-sport competition, I think that, I think, or, or uh, activities too. You can yeah, be like well, you said, all activities. I, yeah, no, we, yeah, around this house, we've, yeah, we, we did them all. But, um, but one thing I, I think you just brought up is the ability to, to learn to compete in a, you know, another, another avenue, another aspect. I think those are just part of becoming well rounded athletes and just well rounded humans, right? Yeah. Um, you know, overall, I've, I guess that kind of comes into, some parenting philosophy too, but you know, our, our goal has never been to raise good, good kids, right? Our goal has always been to raise good adults. And, and, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's what's happened, you know, over the years. I mean, as they, as they learn to deal with uh, different people and different athletics and, and different activities, you know, at the end, it all kind of comes together. So I, I think there's just a, a lot of value if, if it can be done, right. I mean, there's some of these great big schools, it's, it's tougher, but um, for the most part, I think I think it's great for these kids. Um, I do I do uh, have a question now that you know at, at Dickinson. Now this year obviously was a pretty weird year, but are, are you having many kids that are wrestling uh, freestyle and wrestling in the you know in the spring and summer out of the Dickinson program? Is that something that you're kind of seeing happening or? Yeah, like our high school kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we um in the last few years we've um upped the ante on the, the freestyle wrestling in the summer, especially. That's kind of what I've taken notice of. Um, my first year after that first year I coached, um, we didn't have any guys go to junior nationals or junior duels. And I mean, I my, I myself, I mean, in Montana, the the big thing was dizzy duels actually down mm -hmm. in Florida. I mean, we we still had the the Fargo Nationals team, but where we were, a guy Melby ran the dizzy duel camp. So I was kind of learning about it as a coach as well, and. Luke Milner's been awesome with any question I ask of him and he, you know, just really passionate about that. He does a good job. So, um, and being from Dickinson, you know, a lot of our kids trust him and, you know, I've known him for a while. So after my second, after my first year being head coach as my second year in the program, we had one wrestler that was a Tate Nordby who um, did the junior duels, junior nationals. And then in the middle of that summer, we went to NDSU for a team camp and got third. And he said, he's like, guys, like I'm getting so much wrestling. I'm doing, you know, wrestling these guys. I'm learning Greco. I'm not very good at it, but it's just more mat time. And um, and then he went and ranked number one that season. And we kind of use that as an example. Like his offseason work, a lot of the coaches knew, um, you know, the time he had put in. And he was the number one 160-pounder coming into Class A that year. And then um, not this summer because of COVID, but the summer before, we went from that one wrestler to four doing ju both junior duels and junior nationals. So that progression has been really awesome in a short three year span going from zero to one to four. And, you know, some of the guys are like, I can only make one work. And so Tate was a good kid to say like junior duels, you're going to get more guaranteed matches. And then a couple of kids wouldn't think about it and then would kind of receive a call from someone, Hey, need this weight class for junior nationals. Can you make it? And the kids would go and, you know, maybe they go on two at 
freestyler and Greco and they're like, well, I got a good two week camp in the summer and I learned more Greco and freestyle than I ever have in my life. So I think our kids are excited. And I think this year I, I was really bummed when Fargo nationals and I know everyone was when it got canceled, but I mean, I think we would have had seven, eight or nine guys there. We, we had a lot of kids with that sour taste in their mouth after we didn't make the state duels. And I know, you know, everyone's really, you know, ready to go for wrestling after the state tournament. But I think we would have had seven, eight or nine kids go who had told me, Hey coach, I'm really, really wanting to go. And you know, things just happen, I guess. Yeah. That's great to hear. I I'm glad uh, you're, you're getting some focus out there on that. And it's good to see that, you know, those kids really develop in those, in those summer programs. So. Yeah. And just, just the confidence that, that they get, you know, they, they come in and they're showing the younger kids some stuff, trying to be the big bad guy doing a leg lace or something. And, um, but I mean, they enjoy it. And then they find like one of our kids said, yeah, this, this one kid from the Eastern part of the state thought he was just a total bad guy. And, you know, he ended up being one of the coolest guys on team North Dakota. So, you know, just, just those like, you know, friendship skills the the first impressions aren't always what the people are because guess what if when you're in competition sometimes it brings out the worst in you until you get to know him you know it's like god i hate that guy and then all of a sudden you get by him and you're going he's just competitive you know and once i get with him and know him guess what he just wants to make everybody else around him better i've I've seen that many times in all the sports i've done is you got to keep reserve reserve that first impression a little bit Okay, well, I've got a, I've got a couple different questions to ask you in the area of coaching philosophy. You don't mind, yeah. Now, absolutely. the three areas of coaching philosophy that I'm interested in hearing about. One is the coach wrestler relationship. So I'm going to give you a little, and then um, I want to know some of your coaching philosophy on weight management, and then I want to know some of your coaching philosophy of bringing spirituality into wrestling. Because what's interesting is. I caught that with your team last year is you guys were, I think in the hallway at the state. No, it was two years ago at the state wrestling tournament. And I watched you guys as a team pray, which I've, I don't see that very often century does it, but there's a lot of other teams. So I noticed something that there was a team bond that goes to a different level. So maybe that's part of my philosophy, but uh, we'll touch about those. Let's first talk about your coach wrestler relationship philosophy. A little bit there, anything in particular. Yeah. Um, just, you know, first and foremost, you just got to let the kids know that you love them and you're there not for that coaching glory or, you know, to get that state coach of the year, but you know, we're here as coaches for, for those kids. And I mean, gosh, I had a blast in my four years of high school wrestling. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do seventh, eighth grade high school wrestling, like in North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, such a bummer, but these kids, I mean, I had such a blast in Glendive and I wouldn't even say we were the most successful program, but then, you know, to go five years in college and just to see the things that that I've noticed about myself and the ways I grew, like if I can give that chance to any of those kids, like that's, I think that's awesome. If, if those kids can go from being like a shy, hesitant kid to someone who's confident about their abilities, not only on the mat, but um, just in life, like, you know, like when they, when they go, you know, I've, I've wrestled for Dickinson High for three years. I was a part of something special. Like I know I'm worth something and maybe, maybe mm-hmm. wrestling brings that out, but um, just, just so they know they got some people around them who care about them and love them and, um, getting asked to write some letters of recommendation for kids who have been out of the program two years later, or, um, hear from those guys who have been out for four years. It's pretty special. And, and just let those kids know we're here for them and we care about them. And, uh, we talk, especially coach Hayes and I, you know, we're close in age, but, um, you know, when you, when you do something like last, last year, we decided we had a, one of our leaders asked over Christmas break 
can we do like lifting and then practice just boom, boom, and then be done for the day, which we kind of talked it over and said, you know, if you want to talk about like the time management stuff, yeah, that's going to be easier for our guys. But like I was, I really wanted them to get a good hard lift in the morning, rest for about seven hours and then come back for practice. And is that inconvenient for them? Yes. But what I hope is that when they're in our position or even 10 years out, they go, okay, like th- that makes sense, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. you know, he wants us to get as much out of practice as we can. And so, you know, it's kind of things like that where maybe they, they don't necessarily see it. And hopefully in a few years we can talk about it and go, oh yeah, coach, I now realize what you were trying to get through to us there. So I think that's just one of the best things about that, that coach wrestler relationship is what you build during the season, during their competition careers. And then when they get off into college and stuff, and I just passed one driving through town today and, you know, just yelled, Hey Conrad out the window. And <laughs> I don't know, it just kind of puts a smile on your face and it's, coach, it's pretty special. I always hear the one coach, Hey coach, you know, even many years later. And that's one of those yeah. respect factors. Okay. How about this? How about how many coaches do you have in the room and name, name a few of them. I heard you, I know six to eight. How many, how many coaches I've seen about six day. I don't know how many you guys have, how many yeah. coaches you have and name some of them. So I can hear some of the names. Yeah. Yeah. You're a pretty good counter. Um, <laughs> we, that year we won state duel, we had 10. Um, and then last oh, week we had nine. And okay. Yeah, we were pretty blessed. Got um, Coach Jeremiah Hayes and myself, co-head coaches. And then uh, Cody Wolf, like you talk about mentors. Yep, I know Cody. Yep. Co- Cody Wolf, who's been a head coach in the past. But he definitely brings a good perspective of being a head coach. But he's never been the guy to say, well, this is how I did it. We need to do it. He'll, I mean, he'll just offer an opinion and say, hey, I think our kids are out of shape. And he'll go back to eating <laughs> his popcorn or something. Just kind of let us take it as it is. Um, and he's been around, you know, a guy who grew up in Dickinson. His dad was a state champ. The guy who knows Dickinson wrestling inside and out. Uh, Casey Cook's been a longtime assistant. Um, I knew him from his days in Miles City. And um, he's been around a while. One of those JV coaches who will just do anything. He was in the, Troy Berg's corner when he won state. And mm-hmm. uh, him and Troy have a pretty good uh, rapport there. And, um, a couple guys like Kyle Watson, Colton Hill, they're uh, Montana, Wyoming guys who are at the middle school level, but come up and help with the high school and they played football for DSU. So bringing that college student athlete perspective, just from another sport and Kyle Watson's got a cool story. He was a state finalist out of Wyoming. And when he played football at DSU, he'd always sign up to do the Tyler Plummer classic. Him and I wrestled my first year in college uh, for third, <laughs> third place there. And, and he, and these kids in the room would be like, wait, you didn't wrestle in college? He goes, no, I just did one tournament every year just to see how I would do. And they're like, you're kind of, you're kind of crazy, you know? And he's like, nope, I just go in the room for two weeks, get in shape. And that was my tournament for the year. So um, pretty cool there. And then Dylan Jepson, he was a, a state finalist from Kildare. Yep, he's Kildare. Yeah. He's actually my brother's roommate. Uh, they're playing football together and okay. he's uh, come into the room and been really good with the kids because they remember him wrestling in Kildare and um, can remember watching him in the state finals and stuff. So great, great, great coaching staff. I mean, just not really like, you know, one guy's in charge of everyone. It's a lot of us will do pretty much anything for the kids and um, can trust a lot of people with a lot of roles. And Nevada Crimmins is a volunteer assistant and mm-hmm. does, does a lot for, for the Been kids. around the sport for a while too. No Nevada very yep. well. Yep. Watford city guy. So um, yep. good b- businessman in the community and just really loves the sport. Definitely. No, another thing I noticed, which is I've always thought of kind of the century mold. I've noticed you standing away from the corner and letting other coaches manage, especially at the state wrestling tournament. 
I did notice you were not sitting in the in the chair at the not state right, finals. Right. Noticing that you were very close, you, you were the first to get a kind of a hug, but yeah. you allow other coaches to coach, which is tough for a lot of head wrestling coaches. What's your philosophy on that as you go under that? Because that is part of the coach-wrestling relationship. Yeah, it, it's the wrestlers wrestling the match. I mean, us coaches had our glory back in the day, and um, kind of cool thing we do in our program is the week of uh, the region tournament – we have the kids put down four coaches' names who they would prefer in the corner. And it's kind of like a trial all year long. Like whoever coaches you in the corner is whoever coaches you in the corner. And so at the region, the week of the region tournament on our mindset Monday, we just tell the kids, this is about you. This is not about us. You will not offend any of our coaches. And that comes from having a really understanding mm -hmm. coaching uh, staff. And just in case the top two choices aren't like, or if they're coaching someone who would be two others. So, um, for, yeah, for Troy Burke state finals match, um, Casey cook was there and, um, he was on his list. And then I was walking by Dylan Jepson and he's like in joggers and a parka or something. I don't know. Just, and I passed him. I said, Hey, you ready for the, to go in the corner for the state finals? And he goes like, what are you talking about? I said, you were on his list. Go ahead for it. And I, I mean, that that's Troy's match. That's not my match or coach Hayes's match to wrestling. Like you said, coach Hayes and I were definitely right by the area oh, yeah. there, but, um, yeah. Yeah, but then I started noticing some other programs did it. Um, not saying we set the trend, but it was comforting knowing that some other uh, teams did that because I remember my state finals match. I kind of wanted a coach there and didn't have it and, you know, wasn't a big deal. But I kind of look back and go, gosh, I felt like I really had a, a good, like you said, coach to wrestler relationship. And would that have made a difference? I mean, I don't know, but I kind of always look back on that and like, oh, that would have been nice to have had a say. And I think the wrestlers appreciate it because then they know that their voice is heard and and that it's it is about them it's not about us oh yeah and i would remember about 10 years down the road and said you remember when you didn't pick me in your corner no yeah right <laughs> i'm a hard time about 10 years down the road and yeah. <laughs> you know you want it without me but did i yeah no yeah. Just <laughs> definitely it's something to have fun with but i tell you what that is a great philosophy and i've been i've been privy of, of seeing some of these things that people don't realize i'll guarantee that your parents and the main rest are the ones who should know and as coaches guess what? You're secondary. And some coaches don't realize that, that you're so secondary when it comes to that. This is such a big match. It does. And it doesn't have to be a state finals. It could be a first match of a tournament. It could be anything. Yeah. Where is the wrestler comfortable? And if he's a head coach, you can find that. Is the, is the wrestler going to wrestle better? Yes. I really believe 99% of the time when you get to the state wrestling tournament, you yelling in the match shouldn't decide it. That should have yeah. been decided weeks to months ago of what's happening. And I, yeah. I'm very happy to see that as a young coach for you to decide that information. That's great. Okay. Now the second part, um, uh, what was the other ones? Oh, weight, weight management. Now I've always called it weight management. Um, I hear people saying how much weight are you going to lose or you're cutting weight. Uh, what is some of your, your team philosophy? Now what's interesting is I know we do descent plan in the state of North Dakota and that's, really helped wrestlers. When I was in the day, guess what? We just worked our butt off and we decided based on some doctors saying, yes, you can do it or not. It wasn't based on as much science that is out there now. Tell us, tell us come to your philosophy with weight management. Yeah. Um, I think it's an area that I've matured in, in the last few years as a coach, because in high school, I didn't do any weight cutting, wrestled wherever I weighed and I, I felt better there. And so I thought, well, if that's how I do it, everyone should do it, you know? And so in college, you know, like I said earlier, I, I, when I bumped up to heavyweight, I, I competed a lot better because for me, I, I focused more on wrestling and kind of lifted like a football player. 
rather than my mindset was more about, you know, making weight and that was the the victory because it wasn't. So when I got into coaching, my, I mean, I just had blinders on. I said, weight cutting's dumb. Everyone's going to wrestle better when, when they're bigger, blah, blah, blah. And that was the, the year, my, my third year um, in the wrestling program, second year as a head coach, I, I told, I told the wrestler like, Hey, you need to wrestle 126. It's where you're going to be. And I mean, he struggled a little bit. And then, um, and then at the end of the year, like I told you, he said, Hey, I think I can make, he went down to 120 and then said, I can go down to 113 and to see his, the change in his demeanor when he was 113, you know, he realized, you know, I am bigger than these guys. I'm still pretty quick. And I think I can wrestle better here. And he made the state finals. Now, had he stayed at 120, um, you know, sometimes there were some mental hurdles there. And I mean, I don't know if he would have made a state finals. I think, like I said, he was ranked fourth or fifth at that time. But it seemed like sometimes he would be wrestling like all oh, this guy's bigger than me or he's been to a state finals before. And so that really opened up my eyes to, to know that, OK, not everyone wrestles better if they're bigger. And then I did read something on a wrestling website basically affirming that. And so, I mean, you got guys who are going to wrestle better when they're cutting as much weight as possible. You know, like according to the descent plan, for me, if I could wrestle a guy 350 pounds, I'd absolutely be fine with it because I'm just focused on wrestling. And then, yeah, I had a cousin, Cole Bilbrey, who wrestled with me at Dickinson State. And he said um, he felt like he was his best when he cut just a little bit of weight, like three to five pounds. He said, I couldn't, I didn't want to feel fat, but I just wanted to, to know that I was kind of trim a little bit. So, I think it's just up to the wrestler and and what he thinks or she thinks is going to be best for him. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like education. You, you try to personalize it to everyone. And finding that out as a coach is tough, but it just comes from a lot of conversations with a lot of kids. And that's where I feel like in the last few years, I've matured a little bit as a coach and come to that understanding. Sure. Some of the taking ownership for themselves. It's not the coach's yeah. decision. It's mine, and then they have to live with some of the decisions they make. Correct. Yeah, and I and I t- tell my football players, I said I've never told a kid he has to cut weight. You know, I, I may say we have a varsity spot for you the next weight class down, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to tell a kid you have to come in and make 135 if you're wrestling 152. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's never going to be that way. But you know, I will yeah. be real with the kid and say. Hey, you are a dang, you're a salty wrestler and you can make the starting lineup if you lose eight pounds, you know, talk it over with your parents. And we had a kid the year we won state duels who was our heavyweight. He weighed 199 pounds. And I just said, here's, here's the option. We don't have a heavyweight. We're going to go in the state duel tournament. And it's kind of embarrassing to be there with an open weight class, especially class A. Mm-hmm. And he talked it over text with his parents, text me that night. said, coach, I'd love to be your heavyweight. <laughs> weighed in 199 pounds and made it but uh you know at the end of the day he was part of a pretty good team so every kid's different and just it comes with a lot of conversations a lot of honest conversations well, i believe sometimes weight cu- cutting or weight management is very selfish in a coach's sense and i'll tell you why here's what's interesting and i'll be a little opinionated and might break some hearts here a little bit but What's interesting is if I would have stayed selfish as a, as a coach or a parent this last year's century would have taken second at state. And, but it's not my program to say anything in that sense, but now the century coaches are out there. Here's what's interesting. They allowed a senior who was ranked at a weight class go as an extra in a weight class and beat his the wrestler of on our team. That was the varsity kid. And it cost century the difference in the, in the state tournament. And you guys, you guys know this. Um, he was a state finalist, ended up losing, and the other wrestler got got points. But guess what? The difference in the points of our wrestler 
who is already cut down. So we then the weight class above it, we don't score as many points. And then the weight class below, we cut to. He has a senior. He made the finals, but he was an unattached wrestler for centuries. So this year, we had. And I'm trying to say here is that if I would have been selfish, I would have hated that. But guess what? As as a person that believes it's the kids' thing to do it, I didn't feel it was wrong. Um, I did have a parent come up to me and said, "What are we doing?" And I said, it's not we, it's it's the kid who makes the choice. So I was happy for the century coaches for not forcing a kid to wrestle a different weight as a senior. He wanted to make the state finals and he beat Dakota, who was on this last my last broadcast. He beat his, another wrestler and his team in the semifinals, cost our, our team 10 to 12 points. And so what's interesting is it it takes one of those coaching moments that you really have to think hard. What's more important, our team taking second or this kid getting the right experience, getting his chance to be in the state finals? And as a senior, guess what? He still had to win, and he did. And so, you know, um, ruffle the feathers for some coaches or some parents. I think it was done right. It was done right by the century coaches. And I know I had some parents mad when I said, guess what? We don't get to control that the wrestlers do. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm on a, a tangent a little bit, but you know, you know the situation, I think, as a Dickinson coach. I think a lot of people were surprised that we had a wrestler decide just last minute who was a senior who was ranked third at the weight class above, but knew that he'd have a great chance of making the state finals if he beat his own opponent in the room. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. So here's here's the next one. Um Oh, philosophy now on, you know, uh, I guess I had one more and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm going, getting lost here. Bill, do you remember my third one? I had one more philosophy. Yeah, um, your uh, philosophy on, on, on lifting and, and weight training during the season. Yes, let's go to that. Yeah, yeah. I think lifting and um, strength and conditioning in the season is crucial. Um, and that's that's something that I kind of take back from my experience Um Glenn and I have just a little smaller town um, growing up there. And we didn't have, I mean, we had the weights classes in college, but um, our coach just said, Hey, if you want to come early and work out in the mornings, you can come work out. And that did anything that consisted of either rolling around on the mats or lifting with no program, just going into lift and um, did it my junior year. And then I remember my senior year, like, I don't know, I kind of want to sleep in a little bit. And that's what I kind of attribute to myself, not reaching my goals is I didn't do those extra things in the mornings. And, then you get to Dickinson State, a um, you know powerhouse and NAIA for quite a while, and they've got a very consistent strength and conditioning program. And you know through the acceleration program, um, you know a lot of gains made there, you know muscle wise. And uh, we we did kind of I think you know if, if everything goes right, we have two days from Labor Day until Nationals um, with preseason and then with um, practices and tournaments and stuff. But you know just kind of showing what you are capable of, and, and I try to I try to do my best to differentiate the high school wrestling experience and the college wrestling experience. But that's one thing that I think high school programs need to do is lift also with their, with their seasons and um, whatever this season is going to look like, who knows, but I know in the last couple of years, we've been fortunate to have um, consistent lifting in the mornings, you know, with, with practice. And two years ago, we tried doing it with like, um, we didn't want the kids to wake up as early, you know, as often as they, as we thought. So we thought, well, maybe one morning a week and then, Mondays are kind of loose practice, kind of light and mindset stuff. And then let's lift for 45 minutes and kind of transition like two groups in and out. And it was kind of messy. So then last year, uh, Coach Hayes and I just said, let's just do Tuesdays, Thursdays every week at six in the morning, you know, and then for us going over to central time zone for uh, tournaments, you know, they're already waking up that early twice a week. 
And before the season, we got actually a, we got a full uh, month of three lifty uh, three lifts a week, um, like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then once tournament started, we did two mornings a week. And um, and I think we you know with the people we were working with did did pretty well with our lifting and like our weight, um, our strength maintenance was mainly what it was. And so um, what like I said, what it'll look like this year, I don't know, but I think that lifting component of wrestling, it's it's just got to happen. I mean, you know. It's, are you putting them on a plan that you know they're lifting certain amount, or do you set up standards? Let's say they, you know, what their minimums or maxes are and reps, or do you put them through just a main program that they're lifting certain things? Yeah, so we have a group at um, that's been contracted with the Dickinson High School to do in-season lifting for every program, and um, kind of it's paid for, so you can do it if you want. You don't have to. So um, they they're actually uh, trainers in town, so we we just let them have it and. Um, the first year we kind of let them just do whatever they thought was best, but then we noticed some things we weren't hitting well as a wrestling team. So we mm -hmm. said, like, like we need injury prevention for shoulders and knees, but like we, our guys got to just, we just got to move weight. We got to move weight fast, and that's kind of my philosophy. How how fast are you strong? And so, um, <laughs> so kind of having those talks, you know, some things changed. I think for the better, and I think things can still be improved. But um, for that, you know, you do have trainers in town who who know what they're doing and then definitely communicate with us well. So we'll see what will happen this year. Okay. Well, awesome. I tell you what, one more quick thing, and I've got so many. We've been on 45, 48 minutes already. That's it's crazy, amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how time goes. But I have heard this. Now, I don't know enough about what you guys are doing in Dickinson, but you are the first team I heard about a mindset thing. And this was from another parent. They were talking about some worksheets that they were doing. Now, you need to tell me, fill me in what this mindset stuff you're doing, how long you've been doing it. And is it a goal-setting program? I know you have mentors from out of state. Uh, he had said this last guy was from, like, Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah, Pennsylvania. And, that's, and that's getting me to talk to some parents. And so I kept this in the back of my mind the wrestling season last year. And I was meaning to talk to you last spring, but we got all this crazy stuff going on because yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in mindset. I mean, and people don't understand. I'm a – in fact, I've got – oh, I don't have it here by this computer, but I do a goal-setting thing that even my wife doesn't know I do, where I write stuff down, and I plan out my day, and I do certain things which put me in the right mindset, you know, affirmations, uh, different yep. things to tell me to keep a goal and what – so I have a, something that I need to accomplish on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis. Tell me about your mindset program is – deep as you can get in a five, 10 minute span, because I'm really interested. I'd like to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It was brought to our attention by Nevada Crimmins, you know, one of those volunteer assistants and he had his son uh, signed up for an individual um, program the year before. Is, and tell me how much a whole team is, if you don't mind. Yeah. Like, like cost. Yeah. Yeah. Is, just it, is, it, is it a club that, or you're, you're so our yes. team, our team does. So you can do it as an individual or with a team. So we chose to go the the team route because Nevada brought it to our attention, and um, and we, you know we weren't a hundred percent sold on it. And so we we talked at one of our coaching meetings, and um, I think there are like twelve sessions a year, like once okay. a week would be a full okay. year's membership. Season. Yep. So uh, so I said, well, let's do it six times. Let's just kind of you know get our feet wet and see how we like it, and. And kudos to Nevada for stepping up and saying, like, I'm a believer in if you're going to do something, go all in, and then you know better if it was effective or not. So we did okay. that year, and it was kind of weird. We, we after um, Mondays after practice, we went up to Dobitz's classroom. He had the big screen, and we kind of just FaceTime our okay. mindset coach. He was out of Wisconsin and um, had a workbook. It's like 90 pages. You don't, I mean, we don't do every, um, every workshop. Setting is, 
what's in the what's in the workbook yeah so there so there are like kind of chapters actually so there are 12 okay. 12 chapters i guess you could say one for each session and the first one is goes over predator versus prey mindset like are you going into matches like a predator you know looking to attack looking to be aggressive or are you a prey where you're just like you know i just don't want to lose i just don't want to lose too bad so you identify those and then some red flags that come with mindset like is he a practice room wrestler does he wrestle to his opponent and so you, you're kind of opening your eyes to those different aspects of mindset and wrestling. And then as you go on, um, one of my favorite chapters is the, uh, the pre-match warmup because it's actually a worksheet that the kids write down their pre-match warmup. So they have like five options before a match. I want my coach to um, joke with me. Don't say anything. Um, talk to me about technique or slap me in the face that's actually one answer and and um that was so eye-opening to me because i love I, it already yeah let's yeah, yeah because I, I was i mean i'm kind of a guy who i kind of feel relaxed before a match and like troy berg likes the raider the oakland raider or vegas raiders like me so i'll kind of talk about that but you know then you see some of these kids that you know one says don't tell me the kid isn't good because i i know the kid is good like don't lie to me like that right okay and you're like oh okay you know and and some kid says, hey, just go over my technique with me really quick. And then another another kid, um, he said, don't talk to me before my match. Just don't talk. And then after your match, how do you want your coach to address you? Because they say your coach does need to address you. Right. One, one option is like, um, don't talk to me for five minutes. Um, talk to me, but be light on the criticism. And then another one is just, you know, hit hammer the nail on the head. Yep, hammer me. You know, <laughs> what did I do wrong? So that's such an eye opener to, to know that the kids, you know, they they see it in front of them that they – have a plan, you know, cause I think sometimes we're just bad at, you know, writing plans. And so we, the kid has a plan, they know what they need to do. And then they have a, um, an accountability partner that what we call their AP. So usually it's like within a weight class. So if I'm getting ready for a match, you know, you're going to get me warm up, warmed up too. So we need to pummel, we need to do some, uh, half shots. And like we told our kids, like, and our wrestling mindset coach said, you gotta be dripping sweat going on the mat. We saw a huge difference. Um, you know, a couple of years ago with that, cause our kids were like, Oh, I just, I don't want to warm up too hard and get tired before tired. a match. And our mindset coach goes, that is crap. You are not, you're not going to work that hard in a warm up. So, um, but like, yeah, so we, we now have a mindset coach from Pennsylvania, Buck Watkins, and he is, okay. he's the man. And our kids last year, like first day, first day of mindset, we were waiting in the classroom for him to FaceTime. And one of our kids goes, you have no idea how psyched I am to talk to Buck this year. <laughs> I mean, but he's like friended us on Facebook. He um he goes, guys, I, you got to send me a Diggits and Midgets t-shirt. So we did that. And then when we went undefeated at um, the Fargo Metro, Metro Duels that year, he posted like the combined score difference that we had and went 5-0. and Like he posted that on Facebook. He goes, hey, guys, my mindset team from Dickinson did this. And he was um he was just crucial, you know, in, in the last couple of years we've had. But – it's it's very uh, it's a very structured program and the creators at wrestling mindset it's now under the winning mindset umbrella because they have like lacrosse mindset okay. football mindset but eighty mindset yep well I tell you what, I'm gonna contact them and see if I can get a sponsorship get them out there <laughs> no, yeah no, I'm, no I'm, I'm impressed mean, I'd love I'd love to see what this these worksheets this program looks like I'm 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 excited that's awesome. Yeah. And like we've said, like that was kind of been our X factor the last two years because we had a, like one of those trainers who do, does our lifting. He said, you know, what can I do for some buy-in? And I said, if you come to our mindset session, like that's what our kids, like that's our thing. And we mm -hmm. say after every practice, like you talk about verbal affirmation, we talk about, I am thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. And we say all those, those four uh, principle mindset principles. And that's just what the kids hold on to, you know, and, and, and practice every day. And 
start a tournament with those mindset principles. It's, it's really cool that the kids have bought in and it's more than wrestling. You know, it's about that mindset in life. So as they well. probably have a set of basic affirmations. Like I know yep. my, what I do, is there, a, is there a set of stuff? Yep. So um, after every practice, they say, I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. I am aggressive and relentless. I have no okay. fear of losing or making mistakes and I will never, ever give up. And so a um, couple, couple of years ago, our seniors wrote it on the whiteboard and you know we saw it every day at practice and then we right before i think i think i saw that in your wrestling room yeah now that i think i walked in your wins i bet you i saw that yes yeah so i will never ever give up i think it said on there yeah so when we say that before a duel and tournament that's kind of like the kids know it's go time like we we've said our prayer and we did our mindset principles we're we're ready to rock that's i don't know bill that's pretty awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah, Carrington's been in uh, in the wrestling mindset program for uh, I think six. I think the 2016 was the first year. Uh, Car- you know, Billy's, yeah, I think yeah, uh, the very first year. Uh, the college program has has also been doing it at, at Northern. Um, I know St. Cloud State's, you know, number one team in the in the nation for several years, and and uh, you know they're in there. You know they're doing the same yep. thing. So. Um, Iowa State's another one that's on board. Um, you know, the Zanetti's have a great program going out there in Pennsylvania. You know, this has been been uh, they're they're you know they got the right stuff going on. You know, their their minds are right. They're they're thinking right. They're you know they're humble and they're you know sharing with the kids. And so yeah, it, it really is a great program. Yeah, and I think the the thing that jumped out at us our very first meeting was um, when our mindset coach said. Um, how many, you know, what, what do you guys think Dickinson high school? What do you think the ratio is of um, mental to physical percent of wrestling? And our kids thought of, well, it's 80% mental and 20% physical. And we agreed as coaches thought it was good. And then our mindset coach says, okay, then why are your practices hundred percent mental or uh, physical physical? Yeah. And we just looked at each other. I, you know, it's just the way it's always been done. So then mm-hmm. we, you know, you saw a need to change and, um, change something. And like I said, our, our fellows really grabbed onto it and they've really enjoyed it the last few years. Yeah. I tell you what, it's a new aspect because I tell you what, mental being tough mentally and wrestling is as big as anything. If you can't handle wrestling mentally, you're not going to handle it in the mat. And it's, it's one of those building blocks that, that wrestling gives to kids being mentally tough. And then you could last through life if you're mentally tough. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Well, we're at an hour. So not to not to interrupt Conrad, you've been awesome. I want to talk a little senior nationals. Now, before I do that, Conrad, who's your college wrestling team besides Dickinson, of course? DSU. What who's who's your main wrestling team? Gotta be say U- gotta be the University of Michigan. So I'll be cheering for the yeah. Tanafu is pretty big. Um my That's summer before my senior year, my uncle uh, sent me to um, Michigan's heavyweight camp. Um, okay. So, you know, talk about a camp with like 500 wrestlers and being trained by some of their Olympians, um, Andy Rovat and Tyrell Todd was an All-American for, for them. And he's from Bozeman, Montana. So really looked up to him growing up and got to meet him and um, Coach McFarlane and talked about paddle fishing and glut dive. They're big fishermen, just <laughs> just an awesome place. So Ann Arbor, yeah, if I ever, you know, if I can retire there, I'd be pretty happy. So go blue. That is pretty awesome because I tell you what, I'll talk to a hundred people and you're one of a hundred that'll pick that wrestling team. It's usually, it's usually hop on the train with somebody else. I know a lot of Penn state people that hopped on as soon as kale went over, but I I've been Iowa, but that was the studs back in the eighties when I grew up, it wasn't 
the nineties or the late eighties. It was the Iowa's going back to, you know, I started to think of all the wrestlers, but it goes back to the beginning of Dan Gable, you know, that type of stuff. But so Bill gives me a hard time that we're going to talk about Iowa or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's just tell us you're a, you're a Steiner fan and then yeah, we all well, understand. Of course, right. Of course. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. Knowing them very well, but Bill, you know, what's your official college team? Oh, you know what? I, I I've, ne- I've never heard. You're... Yeah. You know what? I, I really, I like a lot of teams. I, I <laughs> partly because I like a lot of the coaches, to be honest with you. But, uh, I, you know, I end up finding myself cheering a lot for the Gophers. Um, so that, that's, uh, yeah. It, you know, the, well, Jay Robinson, you know, Jay Rob was a, had a, you know, I went to, uh, you know, it was actually in Iowa at the time, but it was, you know, the original Jay Rob camp, but it was, a, you know, an intensive training camp when I was in high school. So, uh, you know, we took a, you know, wagon train down there and rode horses and, it was a long time ago, but, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, wagon the, train, that's a long time. No. <laughs> oh, it was a long time ago, but yeah. So I, you know, I do, I do follow, uh, you know, the Gophers probably if I, if I'm, I'm picking one to cheer for they're they're probably it, but I, you know, we have such a, you know, a tremendous opportunity to follow different athletes these days and, and different coaches and you kind of get to know them a little bit and you get to know the backstories. And so, you, you know, I do, I, I like a lot of teams. I like a lot of individuals and, and if, you know, but I, I'm always one that enjoys duels. So, you know, there's, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're going to be, uh, you know, looking for a dual championship, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be wearing, uh, you know, the gopher colors. So. Well, what's interesting. It's kind of like fantasy football where there's a lot of guys that aren't team guys anymore. They're individuals. And so it's yeah. interesting. I hear that all the time. Okay, so let's talk Senior National. So what I'm going to do is see if I can share a screen here. I was going to show people, see if I can bring that up or not. Applications, maybe not. Let's see. I had put up the screen. I had the ranking so people could see them as you kind of go through some of the stuff with the Senior Nationals. Trevor, you can definitely hang on. I'm not going to cut you off, but we're going to try to make this about another 10, 15 minutes. Can you hang with us? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I was yeah. I was going to ask you, Trevor. While he's looking for his stuff, are you are do you follow a lot of co- college wrestling and international wrestling as as uh, the season goes on? I know it's hard when you're uh, when you're a high school coach, but yeah, you know, I actually got more into it on um, when we had our first set of twins, um, because then I en- ended up um, doing a little more social media for the wrestling program, and then once you follow a lot of, I mean, I didn't really know what um what final X was until oh. I had a lot of time on social media to switch up. So my college following has gotten a lot better. Um, especially following like the Wolverines and then any guys from Montana or North Dakota, um, really enjoy following them international kind of getting better at that. I know a lot of our former teammates at DSU are kind of keeping us up to date on that stuff. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, there I go. I got some of the, we're still on the, on the screen, but you can start looking. I put up some senior rat national rankings. Now this, they call it rankings, but these are actually the seeds for the wrestling tournament. And so let's have bill. He's, he's the main guy. I'm going to let you start on this. And I've, I've got some questions. You can fire away anywhere you want. I can go to any weight class. What do you, well, yeah, well, I may as well, you know, this is this, we're not going to do justice to this tonight. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that for sure, because we got, we got three styles. We got a, we got a, we got a women's, a women's tournament. We got a men's freestyle and a Greco tournament. Uh, but you know, if we're going to kind of start off on the, on just the freestyle side, there's only yep. six weight classes. These are Olympic weights. Um, so, 
at 57 kilograms, the little guy is 125 and a half pounds. Uh, it's really a neat field. Uh, I think, I think you got a pretty deep field. The top 12 there are all really, really solid. I think Vito Vitali Aruju from, he's a, a Cornell kid, obviously is, is your number one seed. And I think, you know, I kind of think he's the favorite, uh, Darian Cruz at, at two, Zane Richards at three. Uh, so, uh, Frank Pirelli at four, Jack Bueller, he's really tough. He's a huge 125 pounder, obviously. Um, I like, Brandon you, I like how you say obviously. <laughs> Brandon Brandon Courtney down at number nine is uh, kind of I think a guy that could sneak in there into the into the top eight. You know he's he that nine eight match with Skyler Petrie from Minnesota is going to be really really a tough match for for Petrie. I think I think Courtney is he's a he's a young guy but you know super really uh, you know just a he's had a lot of freestyle success. Uh, you look down at the number 11 seed. I don't know if uh, Matthew Ramos was a cadet world champion. So, I mean, there's a lot of really good athletes in here. This is going to be a fun weight class. Sean Russell at number seven, another gopher. He's a, he's a transfer from Edinburgh, but finished up his career at Minnesota. Um, I do think it's, it's uh, Arusha's weight to win. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of say it's going to be an Arujo, Arujo, uh Zane Richards final. I think the last time I saw Cruz was a couple, one of the events this summer, and he was and then I tried to hit he was not in very good shape. Yeah, he's probably in better shape today, I would guess. But, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a COVID tax for everybody, I think, at this this season. But, um, yeah, I'd say I'd say Richards, you know, has a good chance of making the finals there against, against Vito. Okay. One of my favorite class is 65. 65. Um, and then, you know, I guess I, you know, I haven't seen any changes. If we go back to 57, one, one guy that has talked about, about uh, entering and had not entered and uh, it closed tonight. So maybe if it happened at the end of the night, it was Thomas Gilman. So obviously you could throw a, you know, a wrench into the deal. You could end up with someone like, a, you know, Dayton Fix not coming over from Oklahoma State, too. That'd be a possibility. Uh, 65 kilograms. This is, you know, really a solid deep weight class for the United States uh, overall. Uh, we don't have probably our top uh, three guys in the in the weight. With, I, think this, uh, I think this is the most open weight classes of all of them. If you're going to find a wild card to make it in, this is probably the one that could happen. Yeah, this is. It's really interesting. Joey McKenna, you know, is the number one seed. He had a you know a really good freestyle season. He he looked really good at their, you know, the seat. Well, he would have been senior nationals last year down in, in, uh, in Dallas. Uh, he's the one seed Jaden Ironman, uh, Missouri transfer. That's now wrestling for the Hawkeyes. Uh, number two, he is as excited of a freestyle wrestler as there is in this weight class for sure. Uh, Evan Henderson three. Now Andy Simmons, you know, that's the four seed. I think, I don't know. Was he 33, 34 years old? He's um, so, uh, you know, we all remember, you know, probably, you know, Andy's brother, you know, Nick Simmons a little bit better, but, uh, he has come kind of out of retirement and had a really good wrestling season this year. He wrestled at the Bill Farrell, uh, looked really good, looked good at the senior nationals last year in Dallas. So, um, all the way at the four seed, that's, you know, him and Joey McKenna really could be a pretty interesting match. I think McKenna comes out of this bracket as the number, you know, in the finals. 
Um, now, Simmons, did he wrestle for Michigan? Or Central Michigan. Okay. I knew he was. Or, yeah, Central Michigan. Yep. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State. Um, okay. And uh, Alcanon Store. Uh, there's your, your Michigan flavor there. Um, he's really, really good in freestyle. Dean Heil. Uh, Oklahoma State guy. He's he's uh, obviously you know a pretty good freestyle wrestler too. I think actually another one here that that I could see coming from a ways down would be uh, Matthew Kalajic, he uh, Princeton guy. Uh, okay. Really, a, you know, he did take an Olympic redshirt this year, and then this was maybe one of the saddest things that happened. Right, as a senior, took an Olympic redshirt, came out about two weeks before the conference tournaments, uh, pulled wow. his redshirt. And then, uh, and then had the season get canceled on you. So yep. that was a tough one. Uh, that I, I felt as bad for him as anybody in the, you know, in the Ohio State boy in there in the bracket. Um, yeah, Pletcher. You know, what, I mean, Pletcher way down at eleven. You know, what did he do all year? But that's just dominate. Absolutely man. beat people up. So uh, that's that's why I looked at this going, oh my. This this one, one is one deep. I think round. I think this one is deep. Yeah. Here you got number 16, Austin Gomez. Uh, when you got Austin Gomez at number 16, now, of course. But you, uh, got, well, you might have Heil and Pletcher go first round, I was thinking, if they go by normal seeds there. Well, going, it all depends on how many you get, right? Right. Um, oh, because there could be more than the 16. Yeah. I yeah. forget about that. Okay. So, um, but this this bracket really is 16 deep. Yaya Thomas, a Northwestern guy at number 12, is really good. Um, <laughs> Nick Dardanes, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Go for wrestler that ended up transfer, you know, training at at uh, Iowa for a while, and and is now, uh, I think, in Illinois, if I remember right. Um, Chad Red from Nebraska, uh, you know, he doesn't ever wrestle real good in October, November. So if someone tells him it's March, he probably wins this bracket. Uh, Ethan Lezak, another former Gopher, uh, national, you know, returning, or I mean, he was a national finalist. Mitch McKee, go for wrestler. Um, one thing about McKee, if you know you watched him wrestle in freestyle before, if he uh, he could break any match open with a head pinch at any time, all of a sudden you hit you know two four point moves, and that it's really tough to come back from him. So this will be a fun bracket. I do think Joy McKenna makes the finals. Okay, uh, and if I if if you I really had to pick, I'd probably pick Ironman as as you know sure. the other finalist. But it'll be it'll be a fun bracket. For sure, well, I like Ironman a lot, but I just see so many wild cards in here. I, I even remember watching uh, Gomez was not bad. He was an exciting wrestler going oh. way down to number sixteen. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an Iowa State boy. Yeah, and and I remember him wrestling along the way. And gosh, I I just remember him being dominant at times where he had, you know, I was looking at. I haven't never done the fantasy stuff, and I know you do, but he was into a bunch of pins and tech falls last year. I was looking at some people' things, and he was he was highly ranked on scoring points and that fantasy stuff. You remember yeah, that? Well, yeah. Go, Gomez actually last year missed the season with injury. The, he had the previous year. Yeah, yeah, but the previous year he was he was tough. He well, he, he throws everybody to their back. You know, he was a he was a Fargo champ, both freestyle yep. and Greco. Um, he, uh, yeah. Go go Gomez. He's he's uh, <laughs> go go Gomez. Yeah, he's he's a good one. Now you know there's one national you know one NCAA national champ in that bracket. And that's Dean Heil. Uh, lots of All Americans. That's what's crazy um, about freestyle, though. You know, you know, as as it starts going freestyle, you don't always find the the guys who are national champs winning that stuff. Right. 
right? Uh, next weight, 74 kilograms. Number one seed is your your Michigan Wolverine, uh, Logan Massa. Uh, Massa's a – I think Massa was in the same graduating class in high school as uh, Ryan Blee. So this kind of gives you that, you know, where he's at. He He's a – He's a six-year senior, I think, at or a six-year student at Michigan. He did the Olympic take. You know, he had a regular redshirt early. Uh, had an Olympic redshirt last year. Uh, he still has a year of eligibility left. He is. Uh, he did win the uh, the senior nationals last year and at this weight class in uh, in Dallas. So, you know, he's he's qualified, ready to go to the Olympic trials. He's you know, he is a former All-American in, in uh, NCAA, but he uh, he freestyles his best style. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. And he never did win Fargo, but that's only because there was a young man named Ryan Blees in the bracket every year. So, um, Evan Wick, uh, Wisconsin wrestlers number two. I'm a, not completely shocked by that, but a little surprised that you know by that. You know, Evan actually did have a good tournament down. Uh, at senior nationals also, um, but he was a Fargo champ. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Valencia, uh, the three seed. Anthony's not been an All-American yet. He is significantly better in freestyle, and I don't really know why. Nobody can quite figure it out, I don't think. He's he's wrestles the same style. He doesn't wrestle some style that's only good in freestyle, It's it, but he just always wrestles better in freestyle. So, I think this is a really good weight for him, 163 pounds. Um, I, I thought of him when you know you were talking about some of these kids go to go to uh, Fargo and end up, you know, maybe they go 0 and 2 in freestyle. Um, my kids, Billy's first year wrestling in Fargo, his second match was against Anthony Valencia, so okay. <laughs> that was uh, that was a good way to start. And and actually. One year, one year at uh, junior junior duels, I think he went. Billy was uh, maybe went five and one or four and one or something, and uh, his only loss was to the number six seed in here, Hayden Hidley. Um, <laughs> so it's fun to go to those big tournaments. I always tell yeah, him, isn't that fun? You get to go down there. Um, but when we go down there, Ryan Deacon from Northwestern, he's really a little more of a seventy kilogram guy, but he looks really big at that weight too. He's one of those guys kind of looks like maybe he's got hollow bones. I don't know how he weighs what he weighs, Uh, but he's really good. David Carr, uh, Iowa State guy. Cyclone, yep. Yeah, he's really – I actually, I'm going to pick David Carr to win this bracket, but uh, Hidley could win it. Lally could win it. Um, Yeah, it's a good bracket. That'll be fun. It's not quite as deep, but it's going to be – the the quarters to the finals are going to be really, really good. I was kind of interested while Wick got number two. I wasn't sure about that so much when I looked at that. Yeah, I think. Even this last year, Wick lost some matches, you know. Yeah, and I don't know that they used, um, that they used, you know, the the college results that much. I think they used a lot of freestyle results. Now, you know, there's a number of these guys that have been, you know, have made world teams in the past. I think Evan Wick may have made like a U23 team. Um, I don't. I don't know that for sure. It seems like he had. I know Deacon is a is a uh, guy that's you know made the world team before. Um, he beat uh, James Green in Final X uh, a couple of years ago at okay. seventy kilograms. So um, David Carr, 
uh, did win a junior world gold medal last year. Um, he's really good in freestyle, but he's he's just really good. Now, where is Sunkist based out of? Is that still out of California, or are they all over the nation? Like this, Headley isn't he North Carolina guy? Uh, Headley is a North Carolina guy, um, but that's the uh, um, Titan Mercury Wrestling Club. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Sunkist is really, uh, for the most part, out of Arizona State. Okay. But I think uh, Jordan Burroughs, I think Russell's for Sunkist kids too. Um, as well as the, you know, Nebraska RTC. So I don't know those connections. You know, I it's pretty easy to pick out what Cyclone would be, what a Gopher Club would be, what an Illinois, right. Pennsylvania. Yeah, the, the Titan Mercury Wrestling Club actually sponsors a lot of athletes from a lot of different regional training centers. Okay. Um, they, they put quite a bit of money into the sport. Um, so yeah, they you'll see you'll see tight mercury like guys not like the old dupont is it <laughs> no no it's not but it's not it's not a lot different to be honest okay. with you um but yeah you'll see those tight mercury guys at, at iowa you'll see them at you know you'll see them all over the place cliff keen guys are pretty much all in michigan i mean okay. I, Michigan, I mean, they are they are all in Michigan, but they, I cannot believe how many people are wrestling in Michigan, especially in these alternate styles. Yep, yep freestyle and Greco, Michigan, yep. Michigan State guys, yep, Wisconsin yeah, Greco, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and internationally, so uh, eighty-six kilograms, uh, really a deep weight. Again, uh, they seated twelve here. You know, that's one thing we talk about. Sixty-five. They seated sixteen kids, so sixteen <laughs> guys and gentlemen. Yep athletes wow. uh but but here they get they seated 12 again and and they're pretty solid all 12 uh nate jackson is the number one seed he's also uh, a couple of these uh there's a handful of these guys in here are wrestling in that uh bracket that 195 pound uh eight man bracket for twenty thousand that flows doing on october 31st so um so get nate jackson would be one gabe dean is one uh taylor lujan is one so there's there's a you know a few of those but nate jackson out of a new york athletic club is the one seed gabe dean uh when he wrestles his match here on saturday i read somewhere it'll be have been um 1200 days or more since his last match wow so, i believe it uh but you know he's a two-time national champion yeah uh had every, every every you know favored to be a three-time national champion until he ran into uh bo nickel yep and the one thing I think about Gabe Dean is, you know, he's scrapping every day with uh, Kyle Dake. So, uh, and and his brother, Max Dean, who's also in this bracket. So, so now, now are know, they twins or are they? No, no, no. no. I don't know. Gabe is quite a bit older. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and if we want to talk about, we were talking about multi-sport athletes earlier, you know, Gabe Dean, he really didn't. I mean, he was a wrestler all his life. His his dad was a college wrestler for the University of Minnesota. Um, Gabe grew up. Gabe Gabe and Max grew up in Michigan. Uh, you know, he had every. He his plan was to be a, a Division One college football player. Okay. And uh, and, and he was going to be a quarterback. And he went down to Georgia Tech for a, a quarterback camp, and a, they said you're too short to be a Division One quarterback. And oh man, did that take the wind out of his sails? And he said, well, he was going to start concentrating on wrestling, and it worked out. So what's that? I know that Max is at Cornell. They are. Yep, yeah, Max is at Cornell, and Gabe is an assistant coach at Cornell. 
that's yeah. what it is. Okay, because I yep. there's a few years that I swear I didn't memorize the teams. I just remembered the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, and Gabe, Gabe was a two-time national champion at Cornell yeah. and, and a one-time runner-up. So Just trying to put this into my memory bank. I was thinking Cornell the whole time, but okay. Now, Trent Hidley, uh, that's that's the younger brother, but bigger brother of... Uh, the other Hidley below the week. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And uh, right you know, he's... Hey, hey, Hayden, yep, and uh, Trent is Trent is really really exciting. He's you know he'll throw a guy on his head pretty quick. Um, you know I know those two guys have been wrestling all summer. Uh, COVID probably didn't affect them a lot. I do know that you know they're North Carolina State guys, and and they North Carolina State sent in four guys out here, one at fifty seven kilograms, and then uh, Hayden and and Trent, and then we'll get to one up at ninety seven kilograms too, and. Um, you know, they're, they're at their training program is they're pretty much stuck with one person. They're training with one guy all the time. Okay. Uh, all of their preseason work, everything is, is just one-on-one. So, um, now Brett that? Farr, go ahead. Okay. I was just going down the list and I see tiger. Is that Missouri? Is that's Missouri. Yep. Yep. Rocky Elam is, yeah. uh, that's actually, uh, to me, probably a pretty high seed for, um, okay. Yeah, so I I think you know Brett Farr, another gopher, he could be in the finals here. Um, David McFadden, he was a he's a Virginia Tech wrestler. He he really tough. Drew Foster, that Panther Wrestling Club, that's uh, Northern Iowa. Okay. Um, uh, Devin Skatska, he's a gopher uh, wrestler. Uh, Mikey Labriola, that's it. Actually, eleven and twelve, both Nebraska guys. Okay. Um, both guys that could throw someone on their head pretty quick. Um, Mike Real is a little bit, little bit funkier. He was a, a Pennsylvania kid. Uh, Taylor Venn's a Minnesota kid that was a, that's a really tough upper body, you know, like all those Minnesota guys that end up wrestling freestyle and Greco a lot. So he, uh, this, this, you know, I think well, I picked Gabe Dean to make the finals of the, of the eight man bracket. So I'm going to pick him here too. I, I don't know. I think it'll be. Uh, I don't know. I I, I think well, that Nate Jackson and, and Brett Farr could be a heck of a match. So okay, well, good, good. Because I tell you what, Nate Jackson, just the name Jackson scares me. Going back to my era, you know, <laughs> I thought yeah. he's he must be what twenty one, twenty two. He's pretty young yet. I'm yeah, guessing. no, he what? No, he's a he's a he's a grad. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a little older. Yeah, okay. Um, let's go to 97 i know we could talk bill you amaze me every time because you know all these wrestlers i i give you another kudos because it's um 97 kilograms this one's probably pretty easy uh we're gonna try to figure out who might end up in the finals against kyle snyder uh kyle snyder is is uh you know one of the top five wrestlers on the planet and uh, he's going to be in Iowa City this weekend, so that'll be uh, or Coralville, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised. I'm not surprised, I guess, because I think he's just trying to see. You know, he moved, made made the move from Ohio State to Penn State, yep. and uh, and I'm sure he's trying to, you know, see what kind of, you know, what what gains he's made. You know, and nobody's got to get out there in the got to get in the streets and wrestle. You know, so right. uh, but the two seed, you know, an NDSU buys a wrestler. Uh, Hayden Zilmer, uh, he's just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I don't know. I, I, I still remember when he won 
uh, you know, Fargo title at 90 pounds. Um, <laughs> I don't know how he's as big as he is now. He's just a, he's just a beast. And um, the three, but he's going to have it, you know, there's no, it's not a guaranteed. Is going to be, yeah. Colin Moore, him and Hayden Zomer and Colin Moore had a match last December at the uh, senior nationals that I think Colin Moore was ahead uh, nine to one. Maybe it was nine to two. Nine to two, I think. No, I think it was nine to one with, uh, with, in the first period with a, with a leg lace uh, locked up. And, and it was, I can't believe Zilmer didn't go. And then, before he did go over, his head went out of bounds, and they uh, they blew it dead. And then Hayden Zomer came back and won the match. So <laughs> it was he just yeah I think I think you know it ended up like you know thirteen eleven or something like that. So it was pretty exciting. Of course, I'm a Zomer fan, so it was fun to see. Uh, <laughs> but you know that Colin Moore's gonna be coming again. He's he's got a ton of attacks. Kyvin Gadsden. Uh, you know, Iowa state national champion, uh, you know, one of the few people to beat Kyle Snyder in college. So, you know, he's there, but he's been the number two guy really at this weight for a number of years. Um, he did lose to, uh, uh, to Colin Moore in the, you know, in December at that tournament. So, you know, he dropped down to the four seed. So he's good. Ty walls at six is really tough. He's he, athletic he and strong. I saw him wrestling something now. Yep. Did he wrestle yep. heavyweight till previous? Yes. Or yeah, he was a high, he was a college heavyweight. Okay, guess that's so yep. I was trying to remember. Okay. Yep. Virginia Tech. Yep. Uh, uh Nick Reenan is the other North uh North Carolina State guy here at uh at the eight seed. I don't, you know, he was out he he wrestled the whole season, but he had a bad knee. Uh, kind of nursed that along. I think he's pretty well healed up now, uh, but this is a big weight for him. I mean, he's, he's, you'll never see him at 97 kilograms again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is a, that's another guy paying the COVID tax. I mean, it's, you know, it was too, once they finally made the decision that they could make this trip, um, you know, then it was, then it was kind of too late to go down to, you know, 86 kilograms. So um, that'll be, that'll be a big, Nino Bonacorsi at 13 is really, really good. He, uh, well, Eric Schultz at 12 is really good. He's a good, you know, he's had a great freestyle career and was actually very good in Greco. So I'm guessing you're um, not leaving your computer this weekend. Oh, <laughs> I'll see a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'll see a lot of it. I'll watch it all at some point. I, I don't know that uh, right. it's going to be nice weather. So I, I like to be outside. So we'll see how it works out. Sure. Um, we go to uh, 125 kilograms. Um, you got Don Bradley from Missouri. Uh, he was a, you know, has been kind of that. Depending on you know, over the last five years, he's been the two or three best heavyweight in the in the country in this at the senior level. Um, I think Mason Paris is. I don't know. He Mason Paris is really good. He's world champ last year, pinned everybody at the national at the world tournament uh, as a junior, you know, the junior worlds. Uh probably had wrestled a freestyle match before the junior world trials in quite a while. Actually, he did wrestle Fargo his senior year, but he, you know, he he was a guy that really played a lot of football. Um so he didn't really wrestle in the off season at all. Um 
coming out of high school and he's really made great gains at, at Michigan. Uh, he'll be, that'll be an interesting, if those two meet up in the finals, that'll be very interesting. I think I, at this point I still picked Don Bradley. He's, he's, he's a good, he can slow a lot of people down and he's still very explosive. Um, but Paris could really give him a tough match. Um, besides that, I don't think you see anybody else. I mean, there's other guys in here that are pretty good. Um, obviously, but I don't see, you know, you got Trent Hilger, uh, from Wisconsin's in here. He's good. And him and him and Paris have had some good matches. Uh, Tate Orndorff, who just transferred from Utah Valley to uh, Ohio State, very good heavyweight. Uh, I thought he may, maybe was a little bit better Greco. Tanner Hall, he's about 42, uh, but he did just graduate from Arizona State. He's, uh, you know, very good too, but he's not – I think he's a different style heavyweight than, than uh, you know, somebody like Mason Paris. Um so yeah, I think I think your finals will be Don Bradley and Mason Paris there, and I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna pick Bradley, but it, that could be wrong. Okay, now I know that there's Greco. I didn't get those, but the women's anybody wants to stick out there, and then we're getting close to that hour and a half, and I've got some quick questions for Conrad before we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I you know I I don't really have anything against Greco, but I really like to talk about the women. So oh yeah, definitely. Um, the uh so 50 kilogram is the is the the smallest weight on the women's side um sarah hildebrandt uh is the one seed and in the class of this weight class uh but Alyssa lampy brings it she's really good amy fernside is really really tough and emily shilson the minnesota kid that uh she wrestled in uh was it uh, oh beat the streets a couple weeks ago and looked tremendous. Uh, she wrestled for uh, she's she's a she was a freshman this year. Wrestled for Og, uh, for Augsburg. Uh, really, I mean, she's she's still small. I mean, obviously, it, they're all small, but she's probably still going to be smaller physically than a lot of these. But she's got great technique. Uh, scored on a lot of different kinds of attacks. So, I think Sarah Hildebrandt wins it. I'd like to see Shilson in the finals, but any of those any of those girls flavor here on 53 what's that South dakota flavor at 53 yeah yeah ronna heaton uh the two seed i i haven't seen ronna russell in a while so i'm i'm excited to see her um that was yeah catherine catherine shy is you know is really maybe heads and tails above anybody else at this weight class uh but i'm i'm excited to see i hope hopefully it's it's uh, Catherine and, and Rana in the finals, and, and hopefully we see Rana, you know, come out on top. I, you know, we when she was in high school, we she wrestled. Uh, so it would have been 2016, 15, I suppose that that fall. Um, she had she wrestled at the, the uh, Wapenta tournament. So the Dan Unger, it was uh, she did good there. You know, that was the one year we went to that. So. Uh, Let's see here. 57 kilograms. Uh, Allie Reagan is uh, too good. She's too good for anybody. Uh, she's the number two ranked wrestler in our, in our, uh, in the, in the country at this weight. And she's really good. She's been, she was in, uh, she's been a world member, world team member before. Um, and 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 Reagan will dominate this. It's just a matter of that. Helen Marulis is also at that weight, uh, 
she has not entered in the tournament here yet, obviously. And and if she does, she'd be she'd be number one, and then it'd be it'd be a battle. But Allie Reagan is is really good. So, um, how how come all of our number ones in both men and okay, women I'll are not in there? Again. I'll be right back again. I'll be right back. Well, I think uh, you know, in some cases, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you. I wish I knew. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to see them all there. But you know these. You know, you don't know how COVID has affected a lot of these people. And, you know, a lot of them are, are already uh, qualified for the Olympic trials, which are scheduled to happen next April. Um, you know, you do have, uh, say, our number one at 74 kilograms in the men's. Um, you know, Jordan Burroughs is, is you know, going to wrestle Zahid Valencia at, at 185 pounds, two week, you know, in, in November. Uh, so, so I don't, you know, he's not going to be here at 74 kilograms, you know? So, I mean, there's, they're just doing different things, but we're seeing a, a fair number of wrestlers here anyway. Um, now, uh, Helen Marillis, you know, she's been, you know, she's really come back a long ways from some, some, uh, concussion problems. So I, hopefully she'll be, uh, hundred percent ready to go you know, as time goes on. So, but, um, now here is, here is at 62 kilograms. Uh, Macy Kilty is the number one ranked wrestler in the country, um, at this weight. And she is, I think the class of the weight, uh, she, she's won, uh, I think like five world world medals at different, you know, everything from, from cadets to, to U 23s. Um, and, uh, hasn't, hasn't won a world medal at the, at the senior level yet, but she's, you know, she's not far from it. So she looks, she's, she'll be, uh, she's still, she's still developing. Um, 68 kilograms, uh, probably one of my favorite, maybe my favorite female wrestler, uh, Forrest Molinari, she's, uh, I think the number two wrestler at this, at this, at this weight in the country. Uh, but she is, uh, she trains in Iowa and she wrestles Iowa style and she is now, I guess she, I think she moved. She was in Iowa. I think now she's moved to Arizona state, but, um, but she is tough and hard nosed and just keeps coming at you. Uh, and got a lot of good technique. Rachel Waters is another one I've seen wrestle really, really well. Uh, Alexandra Glady looked really good in, in one event I saw her wrestle in this summer. So I, I think Forrest wins this, uh, but it'll be fun. Um, kind of a neat, kind of a neat one here at, at uh, 76 kilograms. Adeline Gray is the number one wrestler in the country at that weight class. She's uh, also number one in the seed here, of course. Uh, but if you go all the way down to number six, the Geneva gray, that's her, that's her sister. Um, I, I don't think we've probably seen her wrestle. I don't know. I, I don't a long time, five, six years, maybe she's been coaching, but for whatever reason, she, she, and I've heard a interview with Adeline gray in the past where she said, you know, my sister's better than I am. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that that's going to be the case today, but, uh, but she's, so that'll be interesting. Precious bell is really good. Um, 
Victoria Francis has been good. I think those they've all made world teams, if I remember right, at different but at different weights. Um, Victoria Francis was was uh, you know down a weight before. Um, Precious Bell is the number two seed here. I don't. I think uh, um, she won senior nationals last year. I don't think Adeline Gray was was there at the time, but but she did. Uh, um. Yeah, she did. And then, uh, yeah, you know, Precious Bell, Victoria Francis, Adeline Gray, they've all made Final X, like we were talking about Final X. Uh, They've all made that. So, be good. Be a lot of good matches there. Awesome. Well, then Um, the last thing I have on my list, what is the freak show? Well, there's a wrestling tournament in Iowa coming up, I think, in a couple weeks, or is it this weekend? No, it's but it's high school kids and everything else. It's in Idaho. Idaho. Yep. Yep. Idaho. The freak show, yep, Napa, Idaho. Idaho, yep, Des Moines, or that's something else coming up. Des Moines, oh, in Des Moines will be uh preseason nationals, okay. But I don't know why I put that up. They have the preseason, okay, yep. It's been a long day, a lot of good wrestling, yeah, definitely. There, thankfully, there's a lot of things to follow, so I'm, yes, uh, that's a good thing. I tell you what, do you watch Flow there, Trent Trevor? Yes, yeah, yeah, enjoy it, enjoy what they're doing for the sport. Well, I tell you what, there's nothing that is better when you get into it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, got a little bit different view here for a second, got us different. But I tell you what, I'm going to fly through about uh, half a dozen or so quick questions for you just to get a little re, re, uh, response and then see what you say in some rapid-fire questions. If you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. ready. Fire. Okay. <laughs> you sure? Surprised. I, I okay. So, yep. <laughs> okay. First question is going to be, now you can only pick one of these as it goes. I got yeah. some this or this. And then yeah. if you want, you can give an explanation why if you want. But, okay, first yeah. one, Gatorade or Powerade? Powerade. Okay, popsicles or Dilly Bars? Dilly Bars, ice cream. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Saturdays or Sundays? Sundays for church. Okay, there we go. Best day of the week? Tuesday. Just rolls off the tongue. Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's boy or a rebel? Uh, I'd probably say rebel. Okay. Fast paced or consistently slow? Uh, well, I had a freshman football coach name me Mr. Slow. So I would have to go with that. That was I made a tackle one time in practice and I thought I read the offense right. And he goes, Defense, what are we doing? Mr. Slow made the tackle. So <laughs> sums okay. it up there. Okay. Uh, are you more a mental athlete or a physical athlete? I'd say mental. I don't know if I was ever much of a physical athlete, so mental. Okay. Uh, how about your athletes? Do you want to coach kids that are mental athletes or physical athletes? I'd take a little bit of both, but if I got to pick one, say mental, because we can always gain some muscle if we need okay. to. There we go. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. Dan Gable or Kale Sanderson? Kale Sanderson, my son's name's Kale, so I got to go with that. <laughs> there we go. There yeah. we go. Okay, favorite number? I'd say 15. 15, is that a football number yeah. or baseball number? Or um. Well, I guess I was. Uh, my birthday is February 15th, and then I wrestled 215, so I had a bunch of <laughs> basketball buddies who took, like, uh, mile marker signs of their uh, basketball number, <laughs> and the, the exit on the interstate by Glendale was 215, and I thought that'd be perfect. It's my birthday, my weight class. I mean, 215. That's pretty yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, favorite movie? 
Uh, I'd have to go walk the line with, uh, with Johnny Cash's life with Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon. It's probably the best. It is the greatest movie ever made. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, best wrestler that you've wrestled. Best wrestler that I've wrestled. Um, I'd have to say uh, it was um, Dahl, Iowa heavyweight, a couple of years ago. Um, Sam Stoll. Oh, University wow. of Iowa. Yep. Uh, we are at the Grandview Open. Wrestled him, uh, quarterfinal, semifinal, something like that. And then I was able to wrestle um, Tanner Farmer when he was uh, playing football for the Huskers. And then this last year, he just, you know, made the national finals in NAIA. So, um, cool. That's the coolest thing about wrestling. It's it's all divisions at every tournament. And that's what I tell kids who are thinking of wrestling in college. I said, that's you just don't get that in football and baseball very much. It's pretty cool to have that aspect. Very true. Okay. How about favorite movie you like to show in practice? Favorite movie? Ah, uh, we had a coach. No, move. Move. Okay. I'm still stuck on movies. I'm an underhooks guy. I can show underhooks all season. I mean, we can go underhooks. Yeah, yeah, we can go underhooks. I mean, all day, but I guess I've tried my best not to make it like uh, every kid's got to do an underhook. You know, I mean, I, I'd like to show it to where if you're in it, you, then, then you at least know what to do. But Gosh, I can I could spend all I could spend the whole month of November and December on underhooks. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. No, I, I like cross face cradles. Oh yeah, long arms. <laughs> but, yeah. But the whole, whole thing is, is just getting on top of somebody. And if a wrestler's messing around in practice, I think a cross face cradle hurts a little worse than an underhook. Yeah, <laughs> but probably, the, probably. Moves, the moves after an underhook could be pretty pretty damaging too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, um, one more. Um, Favorite football team? Las Vegas Raiders. And I almost said Oakland, but I'm getting used to it. Okay. Yeah, my my uncle, uh, my uncle is, is an Oakland Raiders fan. And so I just, uh, he's kind of the first father figure I had in my life. And so he kind of blessed me with this curse of being a Raiders fan. But I do remember them playing in a Super Bowl, which not a lot of people can say about their team. But when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Rich Gannon threw a Super Bowl record five interceptions, I've never been harassed more in my elementary life than the day after that super bowl that's pretty good okay and then one i'm gonna steal from another place because i'm kind of a fan if you guys have never heard of it you know uh how wrestling changed your life oh, give yeah. me a, a one minute how wrestling has changed your life y'all um yeah it's, it's not a statement for anybody but yeah no wrestling has changed my life i guess i'd say the the confidence aspect of it um i went in and I don't know. I always, uh, my parents told me whenever they dropped me off to school, I was always walking on the playground with my head down. And um, I don't, I know just like being in wrestling, just kind of something pretty, pretty interesting and pretty big in my confidence, just with like knowing what you're able to do mentally and also physically, physically and mentally. I don't know which one's bigger there, but um, like one thing we did at Dickinson state was a 24 hour lock in uh, during preseason. So um, had a 24 hour practice and we thought it was like a one-time deal and ended up being an every year deal. And I mean, when, when you go through that, I remember when our twins were born and I was walking through the, through the doors, um, to the, to the NICU. And what went through my mind was, yeah, fatherhood's going to be tough, but it's not a 24 hour lock-in. And I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what went through my mind. I mean, I, I could, if I needed to sp stay up two full days for, to teach or stuff. I don't know. I just know that, I mean, I can do it because of the sport of wrestling and the sport system we have is, it's just unmatched. Like our DSU wrestling buddies, we have a group message of 20 of us 
and 15 of us live around Dickinson. So we talk about like brothers you got, it's it's really unmatched. No doubt. No doubt. Bill, last comments for the We've got almost two hours. Yeah, I've had enough. You've had enough of me. So long I, I, hey, this is it's been a great conversation. I do I will say Nate Human, our buddy, just did post on there 65 kilogram and 86 are the best weights. And he I I made it uh you know, I've got a a long-standing uh, uh, theory to not ever argue with Nate Human, so he is right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you what, Nate is an awesome guy too. I love him. On he is another college guy. He loves the sport. He loves, yeah, and, yeah. And he, he just loves wrestling. Flavor to the show last year too. A couple times he came on. No, any last words, uh, Trevor? Now I didn't even mention what we're doing wrestling wise, and I could spend more time. But give me about two seconds of what I've heard for WDA. I, I forgot all about it. it. Was on my list. And I looked over, and there it is. But the way I hear it for WDA wrestling is they're pretty much tournaments have been now nixed unless you're WDA alone. Um, have you heard anything like that, Trevor? Too? Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't even know about tournaments, even if they are WDA, but sounds like duels and triangulars. That's kind of the name of the game. And uh, we've really pushed for triangulars in the past because it saves weigh-ins and it gets our kids more matches. I think it's just better for the sport than if we got to drive 200 miles and have a chance for a kid to get a forfeit. So we've always been fans of triangulars. And I think this year it's going to be a lot of triangulars, a lot of duels, and we might have to wrestle the same guys a few times, but you know, if at the end of the day, our kids get 20 matches, I mean, it's not ideal because we're so used to kids having 40, 50, but I think sometimes we forget in the eighties, they walked in the state tournament with 23 matches. And so if it's a year like that, it is. And I mean, we got to make the best of it, but I mean, I think a wrestling season is better, absolutely better than no wrestling season. And everyone here would agree. Definitely. And the thing I worry about is those guys that are marginal, that are JV guys that get a few varsity matches. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can find enough common denominators to get people matches, no matter who they are. And that's probably going to be the toughest part is satisfying everybody on the teams. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, everybody can get 20 matches. That would be beautiful. And then go into the state tournament. I have to work it out. That's just what I say. Seeds could be way different. Um, we'll have to do a little more arguing and discussing, guess what? This is how it really should be seated. Because if you don't see anybody in the East, as coaches have to decide that. Yeah. And I really, Feel the West is dominated. You look at the duels last year, the West won all the duels. Um, and so, and it's different from year to year, but it's going to be a challenge. And that I'm just hoping we can overcome it. Yeah. And I mean, if anything taught us from March, you know, you got to take a week at a time and a day at a time and probably hour by hour. It's just kind of how, how things are now. Okay. It's going to be very yeah. interesting. But we're going to keep up. If, we, if I hear anything, rest of guys, I'll put it out there. Again, any last words, Trevor? No, I just appreciate what you guys are doing. And like you said, just uh, getting exposure of the sport of wrestling out there. And I think you guys are doing a great job and sure appreciate the chance to be on here. And it's it's just, it's the world's greatest sport. So the more, more we can do to enhance it, the better for everyone. Well, awesome. Definitely guys out there share. Um, make sure you guys promote the sport of wrestling. Make sure everybody knows that we're still wrestling. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like we are going to stop because we have close contact. Um, we're very strong, strong community. We're going to deal with, if anybody gets COVID, we're going to find the right way to deal with this. And guess what? I'm here anytime you need to go to Grappler. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for watching us for these two hours tonight. Guys, take care. Thanks again.
Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Dakota Grappler Live, your source for wrestling in the Dakotas. Check us out and subscribe to our webpage and YouTube channel at dakotagrappler.com. Now go promote wrestling.